You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. Today, we're taking a look at the adversity we can all encounter during Advent and the biblical foundation for overcoming it. Today's short scripture reflection comes from Pastor Ben Stewart. Welcome to round seven of Advent and Adversity. Seven out of 12, we've passed the halfway point. Congratulations. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, riding in the car once with my father around Christmas, and he was going through a very difficult season. He had a health issue that required surgery. The length of that time of recovery caused his job to let him go. So in the midst of this time, he was around so much instability and pain, he initiated a conversation with me that was very unusual for us. I remember riding in the car and my dad brought up the subject of God. And he said, son, do you think God has a purpose in all of this? Or are we just existing and making our way in the world? And what's fascinating about that was he wasn't asking me about the particularities of his pain. He was looking for perspective by backing the lens up. Is there a purpose to any of this? And that's a good question. And I think he was on the right track. Maybe if we don't even understand the particularities of our pain, if we can see that there's purpose in the world, that could grant us peace. It's fascinating. In Luke chapter 2, you know, Mary and Joseph had a hard run, and the nation of Israel under Roman domination had a hard run. And yet in Luke chapter 2, they take baby Jesus to the temple, and a man named Simeon scoops up the baby in his arms, and in Luke 2.29, he prays, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, dismiss your servant in peace, for my eyes have seen your salvation, which you prepared in the sight of all people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles, and for glory to your people Israel. In the midst of confusion and chaos, this man has clarity. In the midst of all this pain, he has peace because he has perspective. My eyes have seen what you're doing through this boy particularly. And what's interesting is he's talking about the the way that Jesus came into the world. He's saying there's purpose and God has a plan that's playing out. And I think if we can understand just a little bit of it in Jesus's life, it can give us perspective even in the midst of our own pain, even if we don't have all the particular details. And so why does Paul say that Jesus came in the fullness of time or at just the right time? Well, we won't get a chance to get into all the details, but it's fascinating if you back it up. You know, in Genesis chapter 3, when humanity broke faith with God, God in the midst of our sin promises a solution that's a savior. The seed of a woman will crush the head of a serpent, that a boy will come from Eve. And then in Genesis, God grabs a man named Abram, and around 2091 BC, God tells Abram, move to this particular piece of real estate on the Mediterranean coast, and in that particular spot, I will bless you, and through your seed, all nations will be blessed. Abram moves to that piece of real estate. He ultimately has a kid. That kid has a kid. That kid changes his name to Israel, has 12 sons. These 12 sons grow into 12 tribes, and you know, they have to go down to Egypt to survive, and then they're enslaved down there, led out through Moses in the book of Exodus, back into what's called the promised land because it's promised to Abram. And God seems very interested in this little strip of real estate. And you see God settles his people there around a thousand BC. And and I don't have a chance to get into all this, but you know, they persist in disobedience against God. He warns that he's going to judge them. The kingdom splits into North and South. The North is wiped out. The South is a little bit more faithful, but not much. God punishes them by sending them to Babylon. That's in much of your Old Testament. Books like Daniel and Esther, a believing remnant surviving. But when the Old Testament closes, 
God leads his people back. You get books like Ezra and Nehemiah where the people of God are on this little strip of real estate God seems to care a whole lot about. Then if you read a history book, you see Alexander the Great rises up in 336 BC at age 20. And from age 20 to 32, he conquers the whole known world and then dies promptly right after that. But not before he taught the entire world Greek. That suddenly in a strange moment in history, all these different nations could speak one language. They could communicate. His kingdom divides among four generals, none of which were as good as him, but that's okay because a new power was rising in the West named Rome. And around 63 BC, Rome conquers Palestine. 27 BC, the Caesar Augustus issues a time of peace, the Pax Romana in the world, that Rome had a, had a central government that governed all these different nations, and they began to build infrastructure, roads that connected these nations. A central government allowed for peace and stability with Roman military might. These roads allowed for travel. And so suddenly there's this unique moment in history where the world got very, very small. That all these nations were now connected by a common government, able to speak a common language. And because of that government, there was a sense of safety. You could travel and you could travel along these brilliant Roman roads. And so suddenly all these nations were interacting and mixing with one another in a very unique moment in human history. And it's at that moment this little strip of land is so important. There's one thing that's true about it that's not true of any other piece of land. It's the one place on the planet that connects three major continents. That this little 10,000 square mile strip of real estate was the center of the entire world. And at the moment when the whole world could speak one language, in a moment the whole world could travel, the one central point they would all travel through at that moment, and what Paul says to the Galatians, in the fullness of time, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those who are under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. Why did God send Jesus? We know this, to redeem us, to set us free from our sin, give us hope and a future, life coming to those who can't produce life on their own. Why did he pick the timing he did? Well, that's what Simeon prays. My eyes have seen your salvation that you prepared in the sight of the people, a light of revelation to the Gentiles. Why did Jesus come when he did? Because in that center of the world, when they all spoke one language, where they could all communicate, that's where Jesus showed up at just the right time. He died in Jerusalem, which Ezekiel called the center of the nations, so that by 60 AD, the gospel had spread as far as Spain, as far as India, down into Africa. Suddenly, the name and fame and salvation available in Jesus was being scattered among the Gentiles, the ethnos, the nations. Why did God pick that moment? So we could know hope has come. So back in the car with my dad, I told him, you know, I really don't know all the reasons why different things happen to us. But I do know in the book of Acts, it says that God's determined the exact times and places we live, if perhaps we'll seek him and find him because he's not far from any of us. So friend, there's so much more we can say of God's purposes behind pain. But let me just say this to you on this particular session. God is working a plan. And at the center of it was the arrival of his son to remove sin out of the way, to give you and I a hope and a future and adoption as children of God. And in the same way he planned his son's life for God's glory, he can guide your life for his glory. And at the center of history, what was most important, that you and I could know God again. And I told my dad, I think, Dad, he will take from your life what he must take and give to your life what he must give in order for you to know him. 
So again, friend, I don't know all the reasons behind your pain, but I know God moved all of history so that we could put our faith in his son who's done something decisive about your sin and mine. So I pray that today you could embrace the gift of Christmas you've been given, this light of revelation to the nations, this hope of life and adoption through the son of Jesus Christ. God moved all of history to put Jesus in a place where you and I centuries later could know his name. Do you know him? That's God's hope for you. And if you can grip that he's done that with history to give you a son, then you can trust him with your history and you can unite your history with his. Praying for you today. May your hope be in Jesus. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast wherever you stream it. You can also subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every Monday.